Welcome to the Life of Jesus, Lesson 10. We'll pick up exactly where we left off this time, on page 14. <clears throat> we were talking about um, the way that so much of what happened in the past is a reflection of the way things are here and now. Amen? And it, we begin to understand why the Bible says certain things, why Jesus himself uh, in Matthew 6.24, which is the last scripture we read, said, No one can serve two masters. Notice he called them two masters. All right? And he said, For you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. If we draw this back, what I see from that scripture, when I read it in light of what we're learning, I begin to understand that that's probably the choice that the angels made. I believe that Lucifer said, look, you know, and as, you, as we continue reading through, you'll begin to see this more and more. I believe that Lucifer said, look, we can take everything. We can literally invade kingdom after kingdom and, and gain all of this wealth and just take over one kingdom after the other and then I'll make you rule over whatever you want. Does that sound familiar? Okay. And I reckon that's, and he said, follow me, turn your back on God and follow me and all of this will be yours. Remember the temptations? All right. And I, I sincerely believe that's when Jesus said, you can't serve God and money. Because that was the decision that the angels had to make. Do we serve God or do we go our own way and go toward the wealth? Do, do we go toward, you know, owning kingdoms and so on and so forth? Are you all with me? Amen? That's the reason why I said you begin to read things into this now and you begin to understand why those same things that happened back then are the things that are still influencing us today. Those same demons that were once angels that fell into that lust are now inspiring those that would listen to them to go after those same things. Interesting, isn't it? All right. <clears throat> now, for money to be classified as a master tells us that whatever... I'm, excuse me, I'm on page 14 now. Whenever we serve money, we are actually serving the devil. And why, again, Jesus says no one can serve two masters and concludes by saying decisively, <coughs> excuse me, you cannot serve both God and money. Notice the serve in both instances. So once again, we begin to understand that everything Jesus said had so much more behind it than we could ever imagine. There we go again. There's another imagine there. Told you, I, I don't know how that happened. So it did it itself. I'll, I'm still correct. I went and corrected it all on my document, okay? I did a search thingy, but needless to say on my page, it isn't. Also, with all this in mind, we can better understand what the Apostle Paul meant when he said in 1 Timothy 6.10, for the love of money is the root of all evil. Are you getting this now? Think about all evil. Think about everything that started this. Hmm? And he's saying it is the beginning of everything that started. This is what caused the problem right at the beginning. Are you all here? The love. And it's not just money. You need to understand, you need to translate money for anything that is valuable. Are you all with me? Amen? Okay. 
Returning to Ezekiel 28, notice that verse 16 goes on to say, By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, or as the NIV puts it, so I drove you in disgrace from the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Wow. So as a result of his sin, for the first time ever in existence, an angelic being of significant rank and distinction was disgraced and driven out of the mountain of God. Can you imagine that day? Start thinking about these things now. Okay? We'll, get, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about more of this when we get to Isaiah. So not only that, but God goes on to say, I destroyed or literally defiled you, O covering or guardian cherub, letting us know that Lucifer is no longer the powerful angel he once was. He is now severely limited and greatly restricted in what he can do. You're with me? Okay, because God did something that day. All right. It goes on to say, <coughs> I'm sorry, in verse um, 17, it says, Your heart was lifted up and you became proud, says the NIV, because of your beauty. Now we're beginning to see more of what caused his downfall. Okay, so he's looking at himself, how beautiful I am. Okay, and he's thinking, well, you know what? I reckon I'm better looking than God. Hello. Okay, <laughs> right? In other words, Lucifer allowed himself to become obsessed with his own beauty. And as the verse says, his heart was lifted up and he became proud. Did you get that? And according to Proverbs 16, 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. That's why we need humility. Amen. I mean, I don't care how wonderful you think you are, darling. You aren't that wonderful. Good for everybody else to say it, <laughs> you know. And that's what we need to do. You know, it is something that we have to guard against, all of us have to guard against. You know, one of the things that I pray, and uh, I will share this with you. Hesitant to share some things, but I will share this one with you. You know, one of my prayers is, God, help me never. Now, I know there will come a time when this, you know, despite what everybody else thinks, all right, that's not in this ministry, this ministry will start to move forward, all right, because all of this revelation and all of this isn't just for us. If it was, I'll be fine with that, don't get me wrong. Okay, I love you guys, and if this is all I was called to do, well, hallelujah. Jesus had 12, I've got this many, plus what comes on Sunday. <laughs> I had a few more than, no. <laughs> all right? <clears throat> no, no, we're not comparing. Okay, but the thing is that I know that this is for more. I know this is going to go out to more. And I know the time is going to come when that will happen. All right? And I've had a taste of this in the past, and I didn't do so well. I'll just tell you that, all right? And I look, I look at it now, and you know, because I've learned one thing, that value everyone. Be be satisfied with where you are, and thank God for everything. Doesn't take a lot. Those are the few rules you need to just keep on hand, all right? And that's it. Realize that whatever gifts that you have, and however well you 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 know you're doing is because of God's anointing on your life. That's it. Okay? 
And so I've learned these lessons. I've, I've realized that it's because of God on my life and God in this ministry. It, wherever it goes, it'll be because of that. So, you know, you can't be proud of something that is not yours. It's God. I can be proud in God and the amazing work He's doing, but He's doing it. <laughs> okay? In spite of me some days, all right? And so, that is something that I have realized. The, the, the height that we will reach will very much depend on how far down I'm willing to go. Did you get that? All right? That's the deal. And the day that I decide um, it's too much for me to go clean the toilet, we'll stop. Oh, brother, it's called delegation. Shut up. Jesus said that the greatest of all is a servant of all. It means that you never, ever get to the place where you are above anything. Ever. And Jesus proved it to us by hanging on a cross naked and despised spat at, ridiculed, and he was God. Amen? That's our lesson. It's not how big jet we have and how many ministries we have around the world and yada yada. None of that matters. Ever. It should never. And that's the sad thing that so many have fallen into that. Do you understand? I want God to bless us and I want God to go as far as He can and wants to with this ministry without me getting in the way. Amen. Amen. All right. And I don't want to fall into Proverbs 8, 16, 18. Okay. <laughs> and again, it says, Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And that's exactly what happened to Lucifer, as we'll see. And what ultimately caused his downfall. I'm on the next page in my book. Returning to Ezekiel 28:17, the next part of the verse goes on to say, You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. In other words, Lucifer became so self-absorbed about his beauty and splendor that it began affecting his reasoning and his logic. And over time actually corrupted his God-given wisdom. It's not interesting that you can get so full of yourself... Okay, that you think you're just the bee's knees, so to speak. I don't know, do bees have knees? Where did that come from? Anyway, okay, you just think you're just, you know, God's gift to everyone. You understand? All right, sweetheart, uh, remember, it's God's gift, not you. Just saying. Anyway, <coughs> excuse me. This was when things began spiraling downward with God, therefore saying in the last half of verse 17, I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings. Now that's very interesting. Remember, he hasn't finished talking about Lucifer. And what are these kings? That they might gaze at you. Did you see that verse? See, this is where we miss these things. You know, we, we speed read through things and we don't get it. We miss that there was a whole society before we ever came along. There were kingdoms, there were kings, there were angels that were set in high, in basically in high places. This is why we begin to now understand why God has his kingdom, why there is a chain of command, so to speak, why the demons have their kingdoms, why they're rulers. And, you know, um, Paul in Ephesians chapter 6 
describes them. I think it's in verse 10 or 12 or somewhere in there. He starts talking about we wrestle not against principalities and power, you know, against flesh and blood, but against. And then he starts ranking them. Okay, they're all different titles. Okay, which tells us that this thing existed in one time, at one time. Alright, this isn't something that came, came with us. It came before us. Alright, and so obviously if we start piecing it together, I would need you to use your imagination a little now. Okay, the movie isn't out yet, so I need your imagination, okay? Alright, <laughs> if we start piecing this together, if we start to understand that there was trade going on, okay, there were kingdoms in play, alright, that there's something was going on, there was an abundance, there was a violence within that trade. Obviously, there was, you know, uh, Lucifer was starting to do things that were not right. He was starting, instead of trading, he, I, I believe he started attacking other kingdoms. He thought, why, why trade? Let's just go take it. Which is the next logical step when you're thinking about yourself. I don't want to give anything up to get something. Let's just go take it. So I have mine and yours. Are you all with me? And so I, I sincerely believe that this is what began. You know, he thought, well, let's go take it. Remember, he's a liar. Remember, he's a thief. Remember, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Is this starting to take on a whole new meaning? When? Right from the beginning. He went and stole what was given to others. God gave certain angels, and this is what I believe. Now, this is Roche, okay? All right. I believe it's here, but you don't have to take it this way if you don't want to. But I believe it's all written right here. All right? I believe God gave certain angels certain ranks and certain kingdoms and authorities and powers. And Okay, um, I'm trying to think of the right words here. Um, they were made ruler over okay, kingdoms on the earth. Lucifer was one of them. He wasn't the only one. He was one of them. Okay? And because you, know, you can't do the whole earth in one swipe anyway. You'd break it up. Are you all here? Yeah, the spiritual earth. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay? In the spiritual earth. And I believe that, you know, it was a society and a kingdom that was operating just brilliantly. And who knows what kind of mechanization was going on. Who knows what sort of things they invented. Who knows? It could have been going on for billions of years. Do you understand? Because remember, in that, in that realm, there is no time. So the thing can just go and go and go. Alright? Without things getting old and falling apart. Ours, unfortunately, don't. <laughs> okay? Um, so, <clears throat> when you begin to realize this, then you begin to understand the timelessness. It's very hard for us, I know, to work this, and I'm sorry to do this to you in this time of the evening. But it's, if you can just imagine a timeless dimension. Okay? A society that has no time, and it just goes and goes. There's no, like, oh, in 15 years, there's no such thing as 15 years. Okay, it could be 15 millennia, and they just keep going. They don't get old, they go, nothing. They just keep going. So, we don't know how long, see, we always think in time, right? We don't know how long it would have been before Lucifer decided, you know what, I want everybody's. I want my rattle and their rattle. I want my little red cart and their little red cart. And I'm going to get a few of these little guys together, and we're going to go take it. The thief then began to steal, to kill, to destroy everywhere he went. And I reckon God was watching. 
And I reckon the first time he did it, it's just like that kid that swears for the first time and waits for that bolt of lightning to come down from heaven and strike him down, and it doesn't. <coughs> and then he thinks, ooh, I got away with that. And then you start kicking the broom and cussing it, and you kick the cat and cuss that, and you know, after a while you just think it. And then something you don't realize happens to you. You haven't found freedom, you've just put yourself into bondage. Always remember that. Hmm? And I just reckon, it, I, my belief, and you know, I think, of, I don't know if I said all of this in here, but I just reckon Lucifer got to the place where he thought, I'm doing this and God isn't doing anything to stop me. So I reckon I can launch an attack on heaven because God's so, you know, he's like, like, I'm all love, man, and peace, and yeah, baby. Okay, and so I'll go there, and I'll take up his throne, and he'll go, yeah, sure. You know, I'm not into conflict. Wrong. Do you know why he would allow Lucifer to go on? The same reason he allows us that in the hopes we'll repent. We'll come to our senses and go, this is stupid, this is dumb. What am I doing? Back off. For it's too late. Somebody didn't. They kept going. Okay? So, <coughs> excuse me. So notice again, he says, I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. This is the same fate that awaits all those who decide to side with Lucifer. I'm back on page 15. And why Jesus says in Matthew 25, 41, then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire. Watch this. Prepared for the devil and his angels. Not for us. One objection that always comes up, if God is such a loving God, how come he created hell? It was never for us. And you're going to learn about that today. You're going to learn where hell came from. Very interesting. Now, getting back to Ezekiel uh, 28, 17. I'm there, right? No, wait. In other words, even though hell was never created for human beings, but for the devil and his angels, all those who choose to serve him will find their place with their Lord and Master in that cursed place. Amen. All right. Now, getting back to Ezekiel 28:17, notice a reference to kings there. If we were to accept that there was a system of trade in place, verse 16, then there very well could have been kings, kingdoms, and rulers within that angelic society. It could also explain why Satan's kingdom is organized the way it is. I've, I've covered all this, I'm sorry. With the Apostle Paul saying in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. It is important to remember, however, that the whole kingdom concept, having, uh, not having a kings, having kings, kingdoms, take the A out, I'm sorry, <clears throat> and rulers is God's idea. And why it says in Revelation 19.16, referring to Jesus, that on his robe and thigh was written this title, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. 
that's who he really is and why it goes on to say in Acts 1-3 that, turning the page, <coughs> during the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time and talked to them about the kingdom of God. Isn't that interesting? He was kingdom-minded. All right? Let me just give you another thought here while I have it. <coughs> We've just looked at a verse of scripture that has talked about Satan being cast down and had kings gaze on him. It couldn't have been natural kings because they wouldn't be able to see the devil. Hello. Okay? It must have been angelic kings that could see him. Same of his kind. Now, isn't it also interesting that Jesus was called the king of kings? Which means all of the kings and kingdoms in that spirit realm on this earth were under him. All things were created by him and for him. Are you seeing this? So all those kings, angelic kings, were under his subjection. They were under his authority. He was the king of kings. See, we always skip. I used to always think that title, king of kings, was king of all the earth kings. Jesus said, I'm not of this world. Jesus said, you don't know where I come from, man. You have no idea. <laughs> okay? He says, my kingdom is so different to yours. It's a whole nother thing. And for him to be a king of kings, he didn't care about this place. Not like that. Because that was given to Adam. He didn't want to be king over anybody here. He had his own kingdom. You're here? Okay. So who was he king of? All the angelic kings. Who was he lord of? All the angelic lords. Are you all with me? When they saw him coming, he was the king of kings. And the lord of lords. Remember he talks about Jesus as the captain of all the angelic hosts. He is their captain. He's their chief. Can I say it this way? He is their king. Amen? Of all the kings, including Michael and everybody else. All right. So, <coughs> although I don't believe Michael was a king, I think he was, he was a general in God's army. You know, I think he didn't want all the ruling things. He's like, yeah, yeah, somebody else rule. Anything gets out of place, I'll be there. <laughs> you know, you know, you know you, they must have personalities. I would love to see some of them. They must have their own personality. Oh, Jerkin, you try to give them this, and they go, no thanks, don't want to go there. You know, not the kind. Anyway, so <laughs> but you know, that's what, what else is interesting. Remember their first estate that kept not their first estate? Remember that? Can I give you a thought? Be careful that you don't go after things that God didn't create you to do. Your first estate is what God created and planned for you. You be happy where God put you. Amen? And you excel at that because you were designed to excel. But you need to find that thing or things, okay? Some had one talent, some had five, some had ten, whatever, two and four. Whatever it was, you know, okay? One, two and five, was that right? Something like that anyway. Each one had different amounts of talents. That's your estate, so to speak. You need to find where you're called to. I wanted to do other things, but this was my estate. Thank God I found it. Are you all here? I love it. 
you know. I mean, it's challenging. And I pull my hair out. Notice it's short. Okay, <laughs> but it's what I'm called to do. It's a, it's a, it's, it's such a blessing to know your where you're meant to be, doing what you're meant to be doing. Are you all here? Okay, not out of place. And I believe some of those angels that defected and decided they want to go do other things, they left their original calling, their estate, and they went off, okay, to, to conquer and do things and, and become things they were never meant to be. And I, I believe they're still suffering for that as well. Moving on, I really have to move a little faster. I'm sorry. Okay, so... <clears throat> Now, where did I leave off? Okay, so again, um, in Acts 1-3, he, he talked to them about the kingdom of God. In light of all of this, it is very possible, once again, that God did set up kings and kingdoms upon this earth and assign specific angels to look after them, and that one of them, by the name of Lucifer, became obsessed with himself and unsatisfied with what God had given him, and so through violence began taking over the planet one kingdom at a time. And so when he was judged and was cast to the ground, literally to the earth, by God he was publicly disgraced. Okay, Ezekiel 28.16. And according to the last half of uh, 28 verse 17, Ezekiel 28.17, God says to Lucifer, I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. The phrase that they might gaze at you suggests that these angelic kings would almost be in shock and disbelief over what had become of Lucifer. And why it says in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 16 and 17, everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and the kingdoms of the world? Is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wilderness? It's not our earth. Somewhere else it's a wilderness. Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities, interesting, huh, and had no mercy on his prisoners? His prisoners. He can't take us prisoners, we're flesh and blood. What prisoners? We'll get to that when we get to Isaiah. All right. <laughs> Are you beginning to see this now slowly? It's starting to open up, isn't it? We read this stuff, we miss it, because we're not looking for it. Okay? Now, unlike the verse in Ezekiel that can be taken out you know, in one of two ways, the verses in Isaiah are directly addressing Lucifer and therefore cannot be argued with. All right, So more on when we get to that, that account. Back to Ezekiel 28 verse 18. goes on to say, You defiled your sanctuaries. The Hebrew means a king's uh, palace, sanctuary, or holy place. Did you get that? It says you defiled your sanctuaries. All right? By the multitude of your iniquities, by the iniquity of your trading, or by your many sins and dishonest trade, you have desecrated your sanctuaries. Interesting, isn't it? This verse goes on to further confirm the idea that there were kings and kingdoms on the spiritual earth, which God says to Lucifer, you defiled, which in the Hebrew carries the meaning profane, defiled, and polluted. In other words, I'm over the page, because of his many sins and dishonest trade, this verse tells us that Lucifer profaned, defiled, and polluted all his palaces, sanctuaries, and holy places. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, all right. And we see that when Jesus goes through the temple with a whip as well. See, it, it, I told you. 
our history is a repeat of another history. This is not just our history. Do you understand? Everything that influences us is coming from somewhere else with another history, another time. That's why Jesus is looking. Can you imagine the, the problem Jesus is looking at, his, you know, looking at mankind and he is seeing through the eyes of eternity. He is seeing where he has come from. Remember, Jesus won't forget anything. He, that's why he said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He remembers what had happened. That's why when they came and said, we know who you are. You're the son of God. Have you come to judge us? He said, shut up. He didn't go, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know, they know. They're all tense. They're all freaking out. And that's why when Jesus, and see, this is, can I say this now to you? And I hope you get this for all that it's worth. When Jesus opened his mouth and started to teach, he was teaching on two realms. He was teaching with a history behind everything that is going on. And while we are seeing it for the first time, he had seen it before. Everything. He knew where this was leading. He knew what was behind it. And he knew it in its truest, rawest, worst form. And so he's seeing people getting sucked into this and he knows where all of it is leading. And so every time he opens his mouth and he says, don't do this, don't, you know, don't become you know, angry and don't have hatred in your heart and so on and so forth, he is seeing so far beyond what you can even imagine. He is seeing into a realm and into influences and into things that went on and the things that started small and people, you know, angels back then that wouldn't give in, you know, that wouldn't let go of things and kept hold of things and Lucifer just kept manipulating them and using anything that, that he could work and, and get them to, to turn against God through. He just kept at it and he saw how he did that and he's seeing it again. Are you all here? And that's why he's saying, you know, when he says, don't, you know, if you have something against your brother, if you remember it, don't, you know, stop. If you're giving an offering, just stop right there. Go back, reconcile it. Do you know why? Because he can see everything. To him, it's a panorama that he's looking at constantly. And he's going, you have no idea the influences that you are under and the things that you are allowing to drive you. And the evil that is there. You have no idea the destruction that it's capable of. You all with me? Okay. All right. <coughs> Excuse me. Wow, I so lost my place. Where am I? Kings, defiled, profane. Am I on page 17? Yes. Okay. Depart from me. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> now, let me just read this. All right. Let me just read down this because you need to catch this. I've got a few more minutes. And I think we're, yes. This finishes, this page finishes Ezekiel's account. Then we get to Isaiah's account. Okay. So let me see if I can finish this in the next four minutes. Because of his many sins and dishonest trade, this verse tells us that Lucifer profaned, defiled, polluted his palaces, sanctuaries, and holy places. And even to this day, it is he who is behind all the dishonest trade that goes on in the world. As a result of his sin and the violence that was within him, 
from Ezekiel 28, 16. God goes on to say in the latter half of verse 18, therefore, watch this now, therefore I brought fire from where? Your midst. Or as the New Living Translation puts it, so I brought fire from within you. It devoured you. He had a fire in him that was unquenchable. It was hatred and it was inside of him. And so you know what he's saying? I took the fire that was inside and brought it out. Do you understand? Watch now. He said, and I turned you to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all who saw you. Alright? And before we can talk about this, we need to remember that Jesus said in Matthew 25, 41 again, that he will also say to the ones on his left hand, depart from you, cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. When we combine these two verses, it is not beyond the realm of possibility that what God ultimately did here was to simply... Uh, bring out the fire that was already burning on the inside of Lucifer, which was devouring him in the process, and used it to create hell with. Are you all with me? Because it had to come from somewhere. God didn't have that. Hell, yeah, he would, eh? Hell would be just Lucifer and his hatred. So watch this now. And so all those who decide to side with Lucifer would now live in his presence permeated with pride, arrogance, violence, and hatred in the fires of hell. Just as all those who choose God will live in His presence and glory in heaven. You're getting this now. With that, goes on, with that God goes on to conclude, Ezekiel 28, 19, uh, in the New International Version, by saying all the nations, right? What nations? Angelic nations. Who knew, uh, who knew you are astonished and appalled at you. You have come to a horrible end and will be no more. Wow. In other words, because Lucifer's greed and violence and deliberately going against God's will, he ended up losing everything, including his title, his kingdoms, his wealth, and all his possessions. <clears throat> and it says here that he was ultimately brought to a horrible end. What's more, God says to him, with regard to everything he was created to be, uh, that he would be no more. Indicating that Lucifer not only lost everything he had, but everything he was as well. We will pick up on this next week.